Hey everyone, this is Danny. Jessica and I are taking the week off from a regular episode. So here is a premium episode previously only available to patrons who sign up at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod. Uh, this is a reading from another chapter of the Reliant K branded, related, conned book called Complex Infrastructure, known as The Female Mind. Uh, this episode was originally recorded June 30th, 2020, so I've got a couple of updates from the things that we talk about. The whiskey that I mentioned Brady is recommending to us is called Sheepdog. We don't really know that in the episode. It's a peanut butter whiskey. I actually think it's horrible. <laughs> it tastes awful, but we don't realize that in the episode. We talk about doing an episode about our dog April, and since then we did do that episode. You can hear that one at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod. I mentioned a song by an artist called Sandy Tom that's called like Punk Rocker with Flowers in Her Hair that came up on Blink-155 back in the day. Since then, the new iteration of that show, 155, where they go through any kind of punk song, they did a whole episode on that song. So now I know a lot more about that song than I know in the episode you're about to hear. This episode was recorded when we still weren't sure if Mark Nicholas, the author of the book, was a real person or a pseudonym for some other author. We never thought that Reliant K themselves ever wrote the book. But this is a time where we thought the name Mark Nicholas was just a pseudonym for someone who wrote the book and that it wasn't a real name. Well, we found out Mark Nicholas is a real person. He's worked in the goatee record sphere for a while. He wrote one other book, but he has really bad SEO. So when you research him, there's a bunch of other Mark Nicholases who have also written books that he didn't write. So we were very confused at the time. And we figured all this out from talking to John Schneck and also from the podcast Believer's Book Club, which we're friends with on social media now. And I've listened to some of their episodes and they talked about this Reliant K book and they basically taught us through their episode that Mark Nicholas wrote another book called The Rules Tend to Live By. Had no idea about that at the time. We kind of dragged Disney Plus in this episode because it was brand new at the time and we weren't really interested in it that much. But since then we caved. We have a Disney Plus subscription. We do watch Simpsons on it all the time. But all our metaphors about how it's just 100 flavors of strawberry are pretty much the same. We just, we caved. We have it. And the last thing to mention is that I mentioned the movie What Dreams May Come, which is like a Robin Williams dies and goes to heaven movie. But I didn't mean that movie. I meant Field of Dreams, which is the one where Kevin Costner builds a baseball field in his corn field and a bunch of ghosts of baseball players show up. I completely conflated those two titles. And you hear Jessica confused that I'm talking about what dreams may come. And she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Typical Danny switches nouns that he meant to use. So uh, enjoy this episode. And keep in mind that if you're only experiencing these Patreon episodes when we post them for free, uh, we've skipped quite a number of episodes since the last time we did this. We're not making every episode free over time. So if you want to hear everything, you have to go to patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod to hear the chapters that you're missing out on if you're only listening in front of the paywall. On with the show! <laughs> this song sucks. <laughs> it's fine, but <laughs> who is this? It's like it's like country emo. It looks like Bobby. It looks like Bobby Moon. <laughs> Say we can fly. All all together. Say we can fly is one word. Wow. The that's, poet. looks so... It's like country emo. That's hilarious. Why, why is there the Twitter bird in in the album cover? Oh, yeah. It's so <laughs> it's bizarre. like the Twitter logo. We need cover. to be posting these things to yeah. the Patreon, like in the show notes right, or I something. Sc- I screen cap that one, and I'll get the one for 
the last one as well. Because um, <laughs> that's right, we're recording this immediately after recording The Overachiever. Right. <laughs> We've freshened up our bourbons. What are you drinking tonight, Dan? Uh, I'm drinking Tillamore Dew. Oh, you're drinking whiskey. I'm drinking whiskey. That's right. You had, what did you have? I think you had just like a plain Cooper's Mark bourbon before. Right. And I'm having the Cooper's Mark maple. Uh, Brady told us that we need, in a voicemail, that we need to get duck pond. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> he did. He I actually... did ask the specific name of the BevMo employee, and they... He did. Danny... I can attest to this. He listened to the voicemail <laughs> in, the, in store. the liquor store. <laughs> and he replayed it in the liquor store and was like, do you have this? And unfortunately, they did not. We'll have to, to check But they another had another one. one that was the same name, but instead of a duck, it was, or instead of a dog, it was a duck. Now, hold on. Hold on a second. Let's, we, can, we can hear it live on the show. Hi, Danny and Jess. This is your corporate <laughs> overlord checking in on you. Sheep dog. Sheep dog. That was it. Brady so, sounds like a corporate overlord. The way he does that intro, like, this is your corporate overlord. Like, I'm a little scared. He does, in <laughs> fact, sound like our corporate overlord. <laughs> so, strangely, and I'm like, is this correct? There was a bourbon called Sheep Duck at the store. And I'm looking this up if this is real. But it was not Sheep Dog. Is this a special Portland one? Now there's one called Sheep Dip. Wow, there's a lot of... Or it was like... Something else dog? Duck dog? I can't remember. They were like, we don't have sheep dog bourbon or whiskey. We have something else dog or sheep something else. And I don't remember. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't think that's it. And now I'm looking it up on... Just on Google Images. And something called Sheep Dip came up. There's a lot of sheep and dog related b- bourbons out there. Brady, send us a link. Yeah. So anyway, today we're talking about the poet. The poet. And, and the doodle know. looks like Cher. It does look like With Cher. a bunch of doodles on her dress and to, her, to, her, her paper. Yeah. So to restate, because I don't think I said this in a couple of chapters, the little doodles at the top of each chapter that show the girl we're going to learn about have that weird slightly artistic like abstract thing like those like you'd see in the brown derby like yes like you would think of in a classic hollywood restaurant where there are those abstract doodly cartoon drawings of the celebrities that have been in Mm -hmm. that's exactly the style of these drawings we should also be taking a picture of these and posting them on the patreon they haven't gotten rid of that at at mgm studios have they or hollywood studios i hope that the that the brown derby's still there it's the only one now it was the it was just a facade right you couldn't go into it no you could go into it as a restaurant oh okay yeah they had a restaurant in there i'm afraid to look it up i'm scared it was right in front of the great movie ride on that main street can't remember what it was called now uh, according to Yelp, it might still be there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't looks, give me hope, Danny. Uh, ours may not reflect changes made by COVID-19. Well. But, oh yeah, it looks like it's still there. It's on the Disney Go website. <sighs> okay. Good, yeah. good. Yeah. I'm excited. Because right. the brown derby here does not exist any longer, so. Yeah. Oh man, I want to go to, um, it's not vegan, but I want to go to, uh, I want to go back to uh, McCormick and Schmick's. Now, what's it called? <laughs> the the classic Hollywood steak restaurant that's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We went to our anniversary there once. Frank. Musso and Frank's. Musso and Frank's. Yeah. Musso and Frank's so good. And we went there for my birthday and a couple other things. Yeah, we haven't been there. We saw, we saw T.J. Miller, Miller, Miller there. there. Last, <laughs> last time we were talking about celebrities we've seen in April's bothered because she's not allowed to go into Musso and Frank's. She so says, she's T.J. Like, Guys, Miller's stop. canceled. Yeah. April. April. <laughs> Tucker said we need to do an episode on April and all about her history and where she got her diploma for. It's not a diploma. I'm just going <laughs> to let everyone know. It's not like a, she didn't go to a college. She went to like a school. Like she got a certificate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She got a certificate in audio engineering. It's not yeah. she didn't go to a real like certified we'll, college. We'll do that episode. It'll come out. It might yeah. come out before this one. It might come out after this one. Not really sure. But. <laughs> 
we've got you all on the edge of your seats now to find out more about April. <laughs> it's after school, and her long hair is pulled back and held back in a wad by two chopsticks. In a wad. That's, I think you mean like a bun? With two chopsticks. <laughs> no, uh, I think Mark Nichols a knows wad. a little bit about girls. <laughs> I, you mean Reliant K. They know about girls because they like girls. You go so far as to no, say as they well. really like girls. <laughs> Some of them are even fortunate enough to be married to girls. Right. Sweat drips off her nose in a cloud of steam. What? And the din of anxious espresso drinkers makes it impossible to think. The tip jar is unusually empty. Yet the cash register rings with a repetitive frequency. Everybody loves a good local coffee shop, but not everybody makes a second home of it. Except for the poet. Full-time student and part-time barista, the poet wears... (laughs) The poet wears long, flowing bohemian skirts and a peasant blouse. She wears Birkenstocks every day with every outfit, And if it's cold out, she wears colored socks to match her skirt. (laughs) Already taken umbrage. The poet is not the hippie. Those are two very different things. The poet wears leggings, black. She wears a black turtleneck. And she wears a beret slightly askew to the side. She smokes imported cigarettes. Sometimes those black <laughs> um, clove cigarettes. No, because Jesus wouldn't want oh black clove cigarettes. Sure, but Jesus wouldn't want her to smoke cigarettes. She does not wear Birkenstocks. She wears ballet flats, black. I want to rewrite this book with how these stereotypes should actually be, because no, you did not, in fact, just describe the poet. Mm-hmm. I mean, you described one of many kinds of poets, but if you are going to describe the stereotypical poet, she's not wearing this. This is reminding me of... um... Her hair can be medium length. It can be short. Maybe she has a cute French do. This is reminding me of something from uh, that came up like probably a year ago on Blink-155, and it's just that there was a song by a scottish singer that they found this randomly because it's called i wish i was a punk rocker with flowers in my hair it's a by it's by a scottish singer named sandy tom t-h-o-m sandy with an i t-h-o-m and you can all go look it up yourselves david park definitely knows what i'm talking about but um they just found this one song that's like by this Scottish singer and she complete, it's a horrible song and she completely conflates hippies with punk rockers. I don't remember the lyrics, but she's like, I wish I was a punk rocker walking down hate Ashbury. And (laughs) not really, but basically she then describes hippies. It's like punk rockers hated hippies. Danny, there's nothing more punk rock than the grateful. (laughs) It's true. I swear to goodness that they mention the Grateful Dead in this. No. No. She, yes, okay, you got the coffee shops, right? Right. But she watches obscure arts house cinema. Right. She loves she has a, Godard. She has, a, she has a membership to Cinephile here exactly. in L.A. She loves Godard. She loves Truffaut. She loves The American Bergman. <laughs> she loves... <laughs> She's still going to see their awful, regularly scheduled Last Tango in Paris, which is bullshit and should have been yanked. She loves she was reading. Harassed by the guy from Cine Family. He, ooh, ooh. <laughs> These are all local LA you, references. You made it not fun anymore. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, technically, I made it not fun by mentioning Last Tango in Paris, but still, she reads. No, you know what? Cine Family was too ironic for her. She yeah. has some irony. No, no, no. She she didn't like their their shitty system. Right. Their their <laughs> this is garbage so levels. <laughs> the only person the, who's again, the is David only Park. person is David Park because I don't think anyone else. Yeah, he's the only LA patron so, we have. At okay, this time. I'm really happy. 
happy Cinefamily closed down. Not going to lie. <laughs> because they were awful. It was a movie. Th- it was like a. So we and we, we mentioned the New Bev last week. And I realized I didn't give any context. The New Bev is Quentin Tarantino's theater. And we love it there. We don't love Quentin Tarantino. He's got problems. But <laughs> we love his theater. Yep. It's fun. Cinefamily was a similar thing. Except like they were more like. Like, like N- New Bev, I feel like actually love movies and they love and when they play bad movies yeah. they watch the bad movie appreciating what it has but right. the cine family crowd for when they existed would like go to movies just to laugh at them and then like occasionally watch their art house movies well, and i'm not and even like, talking oh, about the yes. crowd i'm talking about the fact that they had like a class system mm-hmm. at cine family where it was so what this was was it was an absolute and this is one of the the many reasons why they got shut down mm-hmm. uh, there's a real unfortunate main reason why they got shut down but this <laughs> right. was the secondary reason why they got shut down shut down was that that place was a fire hazard right what they did was they had the first couple rows were couches. Now, you couldn't sit on that those couches unless you were one of their premium members. Mm-hmm. And then everybody else had to sit in these real close together, like scrunched up seats because, you know, oh, it's like because it's also called it was it's in a theater that was also called the silent movie theater right. that dates back to silent movies when people were much smaller. And they never, for whatever reason, changed those seats out. So those were real squished together. And then they would line so if the show. I know if the shows were really popular, they would line mm. the aisles with chairs with like fold out chairs. And so it was just the absolute most fire hazardy place you've ever been. We went there for a number of different things. And it they, was never pleasant. And then <laughs> the the main programmer had a massive right before the national Me Too news cycle. The main programmer of the Cine Family movie theater had a massive sexual harassment scandal around him, and then that pretty much shut them down. And like a couple of people who are still a part of that original group reopened the theater recently, and we've never been called the Fairfax Cinema because COVID happened. And then well, then COVID happened like a month after they oh, opened. It's so unfortunate. But like they wanted the the um. Uh, the Fosse brothers, what's their names? The Uncut Gems guys to like program their whole first month. Oh, right. And then like A24 was like, fuck no, you're not going anywhere near those guys. Um, I mean, that's sad. But also, if they kept that same awful, like I was referred to as a class system, if they kept that same awful class system where members got like, like everything and the lowly non-members got like nothing and had to sit in the shitty folding chairs, then who cares? Right. Right. And New Bev, they have their own issues with with crowds. Right. Honestly, if you're in L.A., go to the New Bev for the experience. However, go to see something really esoteric. Do not go to see a Tarantino movie there because, OMG, just no, with with the other patrons. I'm sorry. We've only seen True Romance and uh, what else did we see that's... Oh, but we also saw... Anything that's sold out, don't go see there because we saw Taxi Driver (laughs) there and it was a terrible experience, which Taxi Driver is one of my all-time favorite movies and it was... That was not fun. Danny's cringing. You definitely... No, I'm I'm cringing because (laughs) it was one of my... All-time favorite movies, like you're Sorry. playing the character right now. I, I am. I am. I'm being a new I feel Beth like we're patron. way off the bead. Sorry. Should I cut all this? No, 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 no. <laughs> well, let's just get back to the poet. Basically, go to the Egyptian, a.k.a. the American Cinematheque, although they also have the arrow, because those crowds are the best crowds to go. Those are the best movie lovers in L.A. Mm-hmm. David Park, tell me what you think. You're the only one who cares about what we're saying right now. Skipping back to, not even skipping, where am I? The drama queen, the airhead. Wait a minute, I'm way too far. Whoa, the airhead looks like Pamela Anderson. Look at this drawing. Look at this oh, doodle. Yeah. So she looks like Pamela Anderson meets, uh, oh, fuck, a Charo. <laughs> <laughs> so true. I was about to say, remember when Charo stored away aboard the love boat? And I'm like, no, why would you remember that? Neither of us were alive then. But great episode. Wait a minute. Oh, wow. Did you miss a chapter? No. Just there's going to be at the end of this one, we have Dave Douglas weigh in and Matt Hoops. Oh. First of all. Come for the talk about local Los Angeles art house theaters. (laughs) Stay for the pages written by Dave Douglas and Matt Hoops. (laughs) 
email signature. The poet doesn't have an email signature. Stop. Oh, yeah. We didn't get an email signature on every character. Remember when that was like a big yeah. deal early on and then like they, they pretty much dropped it? No, it, just... it comes and goes. We had one for the last one. I don't remember what it was. Um, failure is not the only punishment for laziness. There is also the success of others. All right. That's a depressing quote. <laughs> Her hemp braided necklace is That's snug the devil's weed. <laughs> to, ch- to almost choke her. Oh my gosh. Remember when I got you that like hemp braided cross necklace? Yes. Like a million years ago? Yeah, I was like, I maybe would have worn this in like... 1997. I wanted you to be a cool surfer, dude. It was never going to happen. I wore it a couple times for you, you but I was like, Jessica, like the time where I would have worn this with no self-awareness, you had never met me. I'm not wearing this. Because there were times where I never wore the full Christian like, um, you know, get up things. I never had the testaments in my pocket and I never had the beaded necklace. But the times where I tried some of that stuff, like I had the bucket hat with like a Jesus saying on it. no! But, oh no! Oh no! I that no that's, but I that's never a fashion full, faux pas, Danny. Hep necklace, cool. Bucket hat, no. I never went full tilt because I could never figure out my style. I like, eventually I was like, you know what? I'm just a guy with no style. That's my thing. But I tried being me. punk rock. I tried being ska. I tried being Christian. Christian bookstore guy. I tried all these different styles. What is Christian bookstore guy? Like where you wear clothes from a Christian bookstore. I oh like, wow! But I never like wanted like the. Did you wear the the like the Reese's? That was a very short. The Reese's logo with yeah. the Jesus thing on it or whatever. Yeah, but did I, I mention this on the show or just to you? Because like, no, you know, we talked about it in the show and to me, but like I, don't I was, want full I was tilt like, into the Christian. Uh, the Christian pop culture thing aside from music because I was like because I knew people who who I felt you knew purple what you knew purple I knew purple you knew the flying purple people eater okay so anyway (laughs) I knew people in my life who were like full-on like Christian bookstore guy who were like actually like not pleasant people to be around and like out of this so that was a real short-lived like attempt at something was it, and this is what I'm questioning, did I mention this on the show, because I don't think I did, or did I mention it just to you, that I wonder if Reliant K's, like, the fact that they do, like, spoofs on pop culture comes from, like, those Christian bookstore things where they do spoofs on right. pop culture. Like, the Reese's shirt is, like, the main one that I can think of right now, like, and like got milk got jesus like those things like did they come up with their their fun stuff like their 7-eleven and their their other things as a parody or a take on that Mm -hmm. i don't know her hemp braided necklace is snug enough to almost choke her but it never does sometimes her hair does get tangled up in it and that is just no good Only when her hair is down can you appreciate her dedication and patience for her hair growing abilities the poet has hair down to the middle of her back, if not longer. She carries with her... She sounds like Yoko Ono, but not Yoko Ono because... (laughs) Because I don't think Yoko Ono wears any of the stuff that they're talking about right now. (laughs) They should be describing Ned Flanders' parents, and yet they are not. Bummer. Bummer. She carries with her two primary items that you can rarely spot her without. The first is an army green knapsack filled with books by obscure modern poets and journals filled with her own obscure poetry. She may also be into obscure bands like Reliant K. Yeah, Reliant K is a very obscure band. Did I ever tell you? I think I don't even know if I ever. This is a little story I don't think I ever mentioned on the podcast. Maybe early, early, early in our, in our like single digit episodes, but since I got into Reliant K from the self titled album, mm-hmm. and there was one show I think either the first or second time I was supposed to see them, they didn't make it. It was like with the Supertones or something. Mm-hmm. And I was really disappointed because I had just gotten into them and they missed that show or something happened. I think you might have mentioned this on yeah. the podcast. And then by the time Anatomy came out, everyone at my youth group was all into them because of Sadie Hawkins pod and Sadie Hawkins dance and everything. <laughs> and I 
I was like, where have you guys been? I was like, I was into this band eight <laughs> months ago with songs like Balloon Ride. <laughs> I genuinely had an um actually feeling because they got into it. They got into Relying K with Anatomy. I'm like, in hindsight, like, that's nothing, especially like compared to those kids we saw at the Disneyland house of blues who really only knew them from mm -hmm and five score yeah yeah disney world right she may also have an extra pair of hair sticks a couple of that's weird a couple of rubber bands and a dental hygiene kit complete with toothbrush and toms of Maine natural toothpaste. As she Wait, is, is she constantly... a hippie or not? Because she wouldn't have more dental hygiene if she was a hippie. <laughs> she is constantly warding off coffee-stained teeth. Mm. So. This is the hippie. So, this, is, this isn't wait, like wait, the poet. Wait, so she is poetic and she's art-minded, but she is conceited and wants to have white teeth <laughs> good point good point the other things she routinely carries with her is an acoustic guitar case <laughs> strapped to her back she doesn't play the guitar all that well but she is taking lessons from an old hippie who frequents her coffee shop she just knows that one day her poems will be put to music her own music on her own guitar She's kind of like Phoebe from Friends. Hoping someday oh to play her epic this poem slash mess. song, Smelly this Cat. This lady is like me trying to figure out a style. She this is lady worse is than the rock mess. chick. Yeah, worse than worse. the rock chick. The rock chick might like be a mess to look at, but she knows what's up. She smells like female personal hygiene products. <laughs> I was going to say something. Much, I was going to say something worse, but what? I decided even though we're behind. Do the I want to know? I do I not want to know? I don't even know. <laughs> don't worry about it. I'm going to ask you later on, Mike, what you were talking about. <laughs> she is kind of like Phoebe from Friends, hoping someday to play her epic poem slash song "Smelly Cat" during break her break oh at the God. coffee shop. And we watched the friends. Applause. We watched the friends pile and on. We were so HBO Max apparently is a huge disaster. But like I was totally Why? into HBO Max. Oh man, HBO Max is great. I just want them to get all of the DC universe content. Yeah, that's just what close I want. DC universe. And yeah, bring it, bring it HBO all Max. over and don't make us wait for it. Just give it to us all at once. Right. And so we got HBO Max pre-ordered. Yep. We were way more into HBO Max and Disney Plus because we did a Disney one month of Disney Plus. But the thing is. Yo, f*** Disney Plus. <laughs> and we had this Sorry, discussion David with David Park and Emily. How many was, times have we mentioned David Park this episode? Four to five times, yeah. I'm pretty sure. It's, it, but they've all come up naturally. But also Emily came up in this discussion on Twitter because both of them were, who's not a, who's a, who's a friend of ours from the same Blink-25 LA Nation thing. But anyway, they were like, Yo, you can't hate Disney Plus. Disney Plus is awesome. We're like, I was like personally, and I didn't say vanilla because vanilla has its own, like, um, you know, metaphoric meaning. But I was like, Disney Plus to me is like going to an ice cream shop that has fifty-seven types of of strawberry. It's like, yeah, cool strawberry but it's like everything is just so it's everything's of one type that's why netflix and hulu and everything like that it's like you're gonna get all these different flavors, flavors. different types of flavors and then you get that with hbo max you get all the tcm stuff you get some anime yeah. you get friends and you get <laughs> they have uh, a little bit of Prince everything of over there you've got the dc stuff you've got yeah, yeah. so but for me uh, like after one month of disney plus i was like well i watched all the movies that i've needed been meaning to watch forever and i'll come back when like <laughs> when they fix the simpsons two is out. and they did fix the simpsons just recently so we might get it again now um but after that we were i was like well other than the simpsons honestly other than the simpsons like, they won't have R-rated content. Like, all of those Hollywood picture movies, <laughs> Disney had Hollywood pictures, and do they still own the Miramax backlog? Like, they have all of these amazing they R-rated own movies. They Fox. 
which they are not going to let repertoire Fox. theaters play anymore. Yeah, because so they're like, evil. They have Die Hard. Like, where's so they're just going to keep like? Why don't? No, what? they keep them in the vault. They're putting them in that Disney vault. Yeah, but I mean, even nope. on streaming, like Disney has this amazing catalog of R-rated movies. Sure, not the main Disney line films but hollywood pictures fox all of these things amazing r-rated movies that they just won't put on their streaming service that's so stupid they should at least have some sort of like extra wall or like i don't know disney is evil so the i don't mean to be negative (laughs) and a downer but disney is evil so sorry david Parr. sorry anybody who super loves disney i used to be that person and then i went to work for them during her break at the coffee shop <laughs> and hear applause once she's finished and hopefully no one will snicker she can be found on sundays in a park or on a college campus sitting beneath a giant old oak tree it's been three young long years do you still love me locking a note or two and singing out her poem song about the injustice of a jilted love To get to the park or to school or to her after-school job, the poet drives a 22-year-old Volvo that belches clouds of gray smoke and tells the world exactly what she believes in. Killing the planet. She wants Tibet, trade, and the whales all to be free. Mean people suck, and NPR are also proudly promoted via her overcrowded bumper full of stickers so is this the first girl that doesn't go to church because sunday they said she's at a park so but she still believes in jesus and you should believe in jesus too (laughs) greenpeace and the national park service both receive free advertising courtesy of her car. At times, when the poet is convicted about the smog her car regularly emits, she may ride her bicycle instead, which is a beachcomber complete with a wicker basket attached to the front handlebars. On a happy day, she will carry a bunch of fresh cut flowers in her ba- bike basket. Oh my gosh. And then she'll put her arms out like a dumbass on the highway <laughs> and die just like Meg Ryan. <laughs> she thinks that animals are to be loved, not eaten, which makes her a. You know, the Goo Goo Dolls are pop punk for people who don't understand why you take an unpaid internship. <laughs> Goo Goo Dolls are totally Gen X pop punk. Goo Goo Dolls are, are Blink 182 for Gen X. Seriously, Gen X, what are you complaining about? <laughs> I feel like the death of Gen X was uh, definitely maybe. Remember definitely maybe? Yes. Because like half that movie... Did he talk about the Ryan Reynolds movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Half that movie is him and Ilsla Fisher campaigning for um, Clinton in 92. And it's like, it's like... What did you have to be upset about, Gen Xers? Right. What because did you what have thinking. to be mopey when about? When we were kids in the 80s and 90s, all of our, and I talk about this all the time, but all of the media, cartoons, entertainment, uh, educational entertainment was all about how great the 60s were because boomers were controlling the media in the 80s and the 90s. So they were like, hey, little kids nowadays in all your animaniacs and all your everything we're gonna tell you how great the 60s were well then around two th- the, the mid 2000s gen x is now fully in control of of the media right like it's not just like yeah sure we, you know in the 90s gen x was coming up in the media but by the mid 2000s gen x is fully now they're the because gen guard. x got a job their dream job right out of right. college so now in the mid 2000s gen x is fully in control of the media and they go and make the movie definitely maybe <laughs> and where you had in the past you had you know we had all these movies that were like all about how great boomers past was like in the 90s, you had like Forrest Gump and you had um, What Dreams May Come. And all of these are about how great boomers were when they were teenagers. <laughs> now Gen X is like we're fully in control of the media. Is that what Dreams May Come is about? A little bit. A little bit. There's like some Haight-Ashbury stuff at the oh, beginning okay. of that. So it's like, 
about how like they were hippies and what did they do with it. But anyway, so now Gen X is fully in control of the media, fully in control of movie studios, and they're like, let's make our Forrest Gump. Let's make our What Dreams May Come. <laughs> and the closest they could do was definitely maybe where it shows them campaigning for Bill Clinton in 1992. And it's like, this is what you did with your life, Gen Xers. This is all you have to show. Boomers, like, all they did was tell millennials how great the 60s were. And this is all you could do to tell, to tell you know, now younger millennials and Gen Z. This is all you had to show them how great Gen Xers were. Anyway, <laughs> we've been drinking a little bit. She thinks that animals are to be loved, not eaten, which makes her a partial Yay. vegetarian. Partial vegetarian. She will eat fish, but oh, okay. only because fish are kind of ugly, but <laughs> don't have feelings. That's, That's not a Nirvana lyric. That's a Nirvana <laughs> lyric. It? Yeah, something in the way. It's okay to eat fish because they don't have any feelings. It's also. How do they know? Well, I don't know if it was an ironic lyric for Kurt Cobain, but then there's also save your friend would have called it "Save the Clams, Save the Clams" by oh, No Effects, yeah, yeah. but it was not the lyric. It's "Clams have feelings too." She likes to shop at health food stores and drinks a shot of wheatgrass with her smoothie every morning. This is the hippie, not the poet. What I would consider the poet. She's a poet, but she doesn't know it that she's actually a hippie. Yep. We are told that she does indeed wash her hair, but leaves it at that. You know what? This definitely tells me that Mark Nicholas, whomever he is, which did I mention this on the main podcast that or in here somewhere that I think it's it's I don't think Mark Nicholas is his real name. I think that it is a pseudonym. Right. right. Because there's no Mark Nicholas online to be yeah. found that had anything to do with any book kind of similar to this. Yeah, I think that some dude wrote a book and was like, they're taking my work and reworking it and putting some pop punk band on it. And I don't want it to be known as mine. So I'm going to use a very generic name. Right. And so therefore, I think that he probably, like you had said that he was a boomer before, he might be because he's not really understanding that difference between that like even what in the 90s even like a gen xer would consider the poet to be more of like that like kerouac in your back pocket Mm -hmm. black beret kind of kind of individual and the hippie would be separate from that right the fact that he doesn't differentiate right it, it yeah yeah strange We are told that she does indeed wash her hair, but leaves it at that. (laughs) Bullshit. (laughs) No hair mousse or curling irons for the poet. We already know that she has good dental hygiene, but she prefers using rock deodorant and will not shave her legs or under her arms for months on end. Sexy. This is kind of creepy to us. So I had a friend in high school... It was my friend who I went to my first Reliant K show with and who I went to, I took to um, youth group every week with me. Mm-hmm. And she actually, she left our school to go to like the giant Christian high school in the Orlando area, um, like halfway through school. And her mom wore that, like used that like rock deodorant stuff that does absolutely nothing. And I felt so bad because Mrs. Canals never smelled very good. Like, I felt bad for her, but, like, she never smelled very good. That's horrible. It was sad. She was a poet. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. She didn't know it. When at school, the poet likes to sit alone at lunch and write poems about the lowly high school people she's forced to coexist with for the time being. She brings her own lunch as eating in the school cafeteria is surely supporting some corporate monster that she boycotts. No, isn't it just like supporting the school? Mm-hmm. Instead, she brings herbal tea and fresh granola with fruit and yogurt. She may also indulge in a tofu sandwich on wheat bread with sprouts and tomato. How many pages are left of this one? I know we've oh, we've added a lot of. Long. Oh my gosh! Long. There's, there's still oh, two. There's so many. There's oh, like four, there's there's like four turns one, of the page two, left. Three, three, three four, turns of the page left. Five. There's five pages. This is left. the densest 
<laughs> this is the oh. well, they were like, well, it's the poet, so she needs the densest chapter possible. But then again, we're doing a lot of asides in this episode. Instead, she brings herbal tea and fresh granola with fruit and vanilla yogurt. She may also <laughs> she may also include a tofu sandwich on wheat bread with sprouts and tomato. The poet is quite creative at coming up with ingenious excuses to skip Jim. She believes that sweating is for the unenlightened and she has better ways well then why she got all that hair in her pits if she's not gonna sweat (laughs) she has minimal hair in her pits because she's not sweating so she's not producing as much uh hair it's not as like dark and damp under there besides she hasn't shaved her legs in months and nobody in all caps wants to see her in gym shorts it's rude It's not that she isn't athletic. She loves playing frisbee or hacky sack in the park with other poet girls on the weekend. You didn't... That's... No! No! Not at all. She likes listening (laughs) to esoteric records in, like, her darkened basement and, like tripping on the weekends for crying out loud she loves opening her bible and letting the psychedelic feelings of that take her away she drops some acid and reads the bible i don't know man but the idea of playing dodgeball during sixth period gym class makes her stomach turn The poet is a good student, however, and takes her studies seriously. She isn't involved in many extracurricular activities, but surprisingly enough, each year she nominates herself to run for student government. This woman makes no sense. (laughs) It's not that she wants to win a popularity contest, but because she recognizes an inequality that must be addressed, and if she doesn't do it, who will? The... The poet's mission is to bring peace and tranquility to her world and those around her. But she gets ticked off and upset when no one else seems to care. The poet is very politically active, both in school and out. The poet prefers to date an older, quote-unquote, man. So after school, she drives her Volvo to the local community college to visit her boyfriend. Oh, no. college is in quotes. Judgy. Since all the high school boys are beneath her, high school boys could never understand her poetry anyway. Her soul, her deep feelings and purpose. But a community college guy, on the other hand, the poet is very, also very much into the arts. She loves to carry her oversized black portfolio stuffed with sketches and supplies. Her favorite medium is charcoal and Conte. Conte? Crans. I should know this. My mom taught art and art history at my school in high school she volunteered i should know this crayons because they are messy and she really loves to get into her art especially if she is wearing as much art supply as ends up on the paper oh no she threw the book (laughs) she really threw it across the room <laughs> and those paint stained overalls. <laughs> Early in COVID, we watched uh, Not Another Teen Movie. I had never, uh, I had seen it, but I never. You've never, never seen it? Oh my gosh! No, I we love had actually Not Another Teen no, Movie. No, you, you used to put it on in <laughs> your apartment. Yeah. <laughs> And I'd also just put it on as background noise. Yeah, I loved that. Yeah, movie. you'd put it on like when we were hanging out and stuff. But I never actually watched it. Oh, so so I watched it for the first time. <sighs> so, after a particularly strenuous art class, you might, drink. See, you might see her in the halls with black smudges on her forehead and spray adhesive on her hands. She dreams of one day getting a book of her poetry published along with her own illustrations. Maybe when she is older, she will write and illustrate a line of children's books. Why when she's older? Unlike the rock chick, the poet isn't all that tragic. She sounds pretty tragic. (laughs) But she is dark and philosophical. 
She thinks that being quote unquote dark is cool and makes her mysterious. Well, is she dark or is she not dark, Mark? Her favorite poet is Sylvia Plath, of course. Of course. <laughs> and she lets others know that. She lets others know that Sylvia Plath is her favorite poet. She, there's barely been any poetry in this book, in this chapter. Sylvia Plath was certainly dark. And that's a cool thing to the poet. But it's all for show. She does things to get a rise out of others. There was a Sylvia Plath poem that we read in in community college that I really really liked and I don't remember what it was now but I had never heard of Sylvia Plath and I didn't know that she was like the the stereotypical poet that like girl that you know kind of angsty girls like I had no idea but I just heard this poem that we read in community college and I'm like this is a really good poem I really like this like I didn't know a lot about poetry so I was like I started looking into it and I'm like oh it turns out lots of people know who Sylvia Plath is um, Sylvia Plath is the shit and what we should be reading instead of this book. <laughs> Sylvia Plath, uh, I read that. She does, so the poet does things to get a rise out of others to see how people respond to her. She holds people out at arm's length until she is sure that she can be trust that they can be trusted. The poet does have a group of friends that she trusts. They're a lot like her and enjoy many of the same things. But on the whole, yeah, they hang out at the Central Perk all day. And one of them is like, you are acting dark. Uh, they are a lot like her. I'm sorry, which, one, which one was that? That was, that was Chandler. Oh, okay. That was my Chandler impression. <laughs> if you say so. They are a lot like her and enjoy many of the same things. But on the whole, the poet is a bit... Of the introspect is a bit on the introspective side. She enjoys reading, writing, doing her art, and practicing her guitar. Since these are not group activities, well, why not? She does spend a fair amount of time by herself. This doesn't mean that she's necessarily a loner, though. I feel like we're going in circles. The poet is a girl who wishes she were alive in the 60s, because if she were... There would surely be more people who, quote-unquote, get her. Well, just go out and find some boomers and hang out with them. That was a generation of people whose motto was love, peace, and flower power. Absolutely, they're mixing her up with the hippie. Yep. At the <laughs> just calm down. Yep. It's okay. It's okay. Just hang in there. They were full of idealism, feminism, and all sorts of isms. The poet wishes she could have been a part of all that. You can still be a part of all that in 2003. But then she remembers that her parents were of that generation, and they are so square and unhip these days. Uh-oh, is that going to happen to her? It's uh, Newsflash, poet, it's already happening to you. <laughs> the very thought of it makes the poet quake in her knee-high leather moccasin lace-up boots. Well, is she vegetarian? or Well, that's a more of a vegan thing to not wear leather. It is a thought that she quickly erases from her mind. Her musical tastes also fall in line with the 60s, and she listens to much vintage music. <laughs> she listens to much vintage music. She loves to listen to old scratchy vinyl records of Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, and the Butterfield Blues Band. Hey, she was into... <laughs> Jessica, Jessica's falling apart. The poet was into vinyl before uh, it really got popular cool again. But unfortunately, she can't listen to old scratchy vinyl records in her car. Oh, yeah. So she does That's settle for... That's an actual line in this book? It actually says that? But I, I got news for you, poet. You can buy those same albums on CD. <laughs> you can fill your car full of blank CDs. So she listens to more contemporary artists in her car who have made music in the CD era. Everything's on CD. She listens to artists like Fish, Widespread Panic, Mo, Dave Matthews, Ani DeFranco. Fuck off. Fuck off. You can fuck the right off. No. <laughs> she absolutely no. Okay, she absolutely No. She absolutely listens to Ani DeFranco, but Dave Acceptable. Matthews. Acceptable. No. No. She does not listen to Dave Matthews. I don't she does not listen to Fish. No. Stop. Stop it right there. And Mar oh, you had said Maroon 5. <laughs> shut the front door. Absolutely 
fucking not. <laughs> Hells to the well, no. Well, those bands no. suit her just fine. Fuck no. Give me that book back so I can throw it back across the room. No. If she's feeling especially spirited and in a bit of a hip hop uh, mood, no. Jurassic 5 will do Stop. the trick. I don't know maybe who a little. No. The answer is no. Maybe she a little knows. bit of POD, head PE, limp biscuit. <gasps> Or You're corn making this up. You are making up, this up. I can't. He's making this she up. she feels a little bit outside of the norm. <laughs> no. She listens to jazz records, and that is it. Stop it right now. I don't accept it. I don't accept any of what you just said. No. Absolutely <laughs> I made not. I the rap rock part. Not even, not even Ani DeFranco. No. She, I don't accept it. It does say she listens to Jurassic 5, but I made up all the new metal rap rock stuff. I don't know who that is. Who's Jurassic 5? Is this like a Christian I've def- no, band? I, no, I've definitely heard of them, but I've never listened to them. The poet is an idealist and is not always in complete <sighs> touch with her reality. She can, she... I can't do this Wait, wait, just, just editing mistake. She can tends to prefer her own agenda <laughs> over that of other people. She can tends to prefer her own agenda this is when the publishers just people. gave up they, the editor gave, <laughs> they gave up, up they stopped editing 50. they stopped editing they gave up around page they 50. said you know what if it gets through we're it gets so through. close she <sighs> kind of like the mathlete she prefers to be right instead of taking other people's viewpoints into account the poet's idea of church is sitting in a field reading the King James Version of the Bible because it's more poetic and reads like Shakespeare. Don't break anything, please. But if she finds herself in a regular <laughs> church shed- setting, she can bring an emotional, mystical element to church and her youth group. She mostly... No, 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 no. Give no, me no. the book. Give it to me, Danny. It's done. That's it. I've had enough. It's we didn't fun. get to Dave Douglas or who? It's finally broken me. It took however many chapters. I'm done. We're I can't almost anymore. To, we're almost to Dave and Hoops. No, I can't. I can't. I can't stand <laughs> She's <yet>. standing up. <laughs> this is the last paragraph. April's coming over to help me take the book from you. We're going to pry it from your hand. This is the last paragraph. Let me finish the last Did paragraph. Did you say it's the last chapter? It's the last. La- no, it's the last paragraph. You're not even hearing what I'm saying because you're so broken. She's very in touch with her feelings and will be a good listener and sharer for the group. Uh, I skipped a sentence, but basically she's a youth group. If she is able to suppress her own opinion long enough to allow others to share. Chapter's done. Five clues Open you might... Open it isn't, It really, really isn't. Five clues you might be the poet. And this is in a little box at the, at the end of the chapter. Your backpack has no room for textbooks because it's full of personal poetry journals and dream journals. Why would your dream journal be with you out and about? Do you fall asleep in the quad? Your... I don't know what this is, but... Do you fall asleep in the quad, Dan? Yeah. Your clothes always smell of nag champa. What? What is nag champa? Look this up. I can't go any further until I find out what the hell nag champa is. I think this is the most swearing that's been in the in an episode yet. Nag champa is a fragrance of Indian origin. It is a combination of sandalwood Ooh. and campac or fragrapani. Okay. You make a mean... Number three, you make a mean soy latte. Number four, the idea of living in a commune and growing your own vegetables and stuff appeals to you. Not the poet! You will always use herbal medicines that are not tested on animals of any kind. Again, not the poet. Still three pages left. What would you find in her locker? Flyers of poetry readings at the coffee shop where she works. Poetry books and art supplies. That's fitting, actually. That it makes sense. Jessica's going to get more drink. E- email signature. It is more natural f- to me lying... D- this is way too long. Oh, it's a quote from Sylvia Plath. Every one of her emails and <laughs> Jessica poured more alcohol. Email signature. A quote from Sylvia Plath. It is more natural to me lying down. 
then the sky and I are in open conversation, and I shall be useful when I lie down finally. Then the trees may touch me for once, and the flowers have time for me. Sylvia Plath, from the poem I Am Vertical. Favorite music? Well, and I don't understand. We already went over her... I know. Quote unquote favorite we music. Know. And now we have completely different a completely different list of people and I'm gonna pull slightly away so she can't rip the book out of my hands. Favorite music. Sarah McLaughlin. Shut the fuck up. David Gray. Uh, who I'm not familiar with. This one I agree with, Indigo Girls. Although that's a very that's a very uh, Gen X band. May have had a secret Nick Lachey compilation CD. Shut the fuck up. I'm done. I'm done. She has a secret Nick Lachey compilation CD that's labeled English term paper. So she doesn't want anyone to know she likes Nick Lachey. She made a mix CD of him and she labeled it English term paper. TV channel or show. Television is for the unintelligent, mindless androids who enjoy being spoon-fed what the corporate monster wants them to eat. This acceptable. Would make, this would make... The, the, That's the, the first acceptable sentence I in this entire like, chapter. I feel like Werner Herzog wrote that one <laughs> sentence. Television <laughs> is for the unintelligent, mindless androids who enjoy being spoon-fed what the corporate monster wants to feed them. Favorite drink. Your Werner Herzog is spot on. Yeah, I'm sure. We saw Cave of Dreams with him live oh, for yeah, a Q&A at the Arrow. Yeah, so good. Oh, love love us some Werner Herzog. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite drink, coffee or herbal tea. Shoes, Acceptable. Shoes, Burks or nothing at all. <sighs> now, I absolutely agree that both the hippie and the poet go shoeless. Like that is one yeah, place. That's acceptable. And, yeah, yep. that's that's yep. the Venn diagram of the hippie and the poet. That like is. when I saw Fiona Apple right. in 2007 with Coldplay. And she was for the X and Y tour. I don't know what tour it was for Fiona Apple. And she was like standing on the stage in like a flowing white nightgown with no shoes on and was like singing her songs. I hate man. I hate man. You know that song. <laughs> right. Exactly. Favorite author, Wendell Berry. Probable nicknames, Granola. So people just go around calling her Granola. After school job, local coffee house that is the opposite of Starbucks. <laughs> so they don't sell coffee. <laughs> Jessica's going to bed. What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm afraid. I'm afraid she's rooting around in the junk drawer. What are you doing? What is that? She's got a lighter. Give me the book. No, 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 no. Give me the book. This is how we make our money. Give me the book. I thought you were going to burn yourself. You're like, I can't take the pain. Don't burn our fo- our microphone or our... or our. Uh... Give me the book, Danny. No! Just... Danny, it's, go- it's all going to be okay. No. Just please give me the book. Her nickname is Granola. After school job, local coffee house that is the opposite of Starbucks clothing label. Clothes brought to you. Brought, clothes bought in secondhand stores and thrift shops. I, I tried to snap it out of her hand. Clothes bought in secondhand stores and thrift shops that normally don't have labels. Makeup. Of course not. Did you know the, po- the polar ice caps are melting at an alarming rate? And that's it. I mean, we got two pages. We got, wait, we got two pages left. But thank we goodness. We still have two pages. No, please, Danny. Just thank goodness. Thank goodness. Now we get to hear from Reliant K drummer of the time, Dave Douglas. I don't think it's really him. Dr. Dave gets his fiber with granola. <sighs> Hang on. Check out the side of the box. How much fiber is in it? Ah, I hate that. Who cares? Does it taste good? That's the first question. Well, maybe not the first. There was someone who said, moderation in all things, and I agree with him. That is probably one of the wisest things ever uttered by human lips. Dave Douglas never said this. It's really great if the food is healthy. Really, I like healthy food. But come on, let's just relax a little bit. My friend Rebecca met her husband, Kale, at a rock show. They fell in love at the rock show. 
when they said they were going to move to Vegas, they remembered the look their mother gave them. Don't come at me with that fire again. You keep that lighter away from me. He didn't really quote Rock Show by Blink-182. That says a little something about a person. So I figured that they'd have said they'd have some things in common right away. But it did take him a little extra time to figure out what kind of situation he was getting himself into. He found out that Rebecca was quite aware of her healthy lifestyle obsession. She went on her first date with... (laughs) There's a rock show and a first date reference in this same page. With Kale and deliberately tricked him into thinking she was normal. You know, aside, this also reminds me of the Beck song, Nightmare Hippie Girl. Deliberately tricked him into thinking she was normal. That's right. They went out for the dinner. They went out to dinner and everything was great. However, little did Kale. First of all, his name's Kale, so he can f***ing take a break. <laughs> little did he know that Rebecca had ordered and eaten French fries for the sole purpose of tricking him. Really, she actually ate fries with this in mind. I should order fries. Yes, that's what I'll do. He won't think I'm weird if I eat fries. Quite a plan, huh? While it seemed to have worked, they continued to date, and Rebecca eased scale into accepting the extreme health that co- Man, Dave Douglas is... If this is Dave Douglas's writing, I don't know what to think. Jessica's gone, apparently. And it only follows that Kale became a full believer in assimilating himself into the order. Now he's a super healthy guy. So what did we learn from Dave Douglas's page in this fucking horrible book? He's got a friend named Kale and a friend named Rebecca. And they're both... And she tricked him into becoming healthy. It's so weird for me to look across the table and for there to be no Jessica. Where did you go? (laughs) Okay. Last page, I swear, of this chapter. Matt Hoops on The Poet. Here I am. I'm doing the solo podcast thing for the first time. I remember the first... (laughs) Hoops says, I remember the first time I met Sarah, and I can't be for sure, but I think she was wearing a tie-dyed shirt and bell-bottom jeans, or at least that's how I remember her. You know, it was funny that even as people change and go through different phases and styles, hey, that's what I did. Remember, I mentioned that earlier in the episode. You always kind of associate them with one. And Sarah was about as arty as they come. She was a very free-thinking spirit who made a habit of questioning authority and the truth. Fighting social injustices, hey, and making it absolutely clear that she was not to be, she was not on the beaten path of life. And this is a huge paragraph. While I never heard her poetry or songs, I sure, I am sure that she has written volumes. I remember the first time, well, then you should have got Mono versus Stereo to like publish her books or something. I remember the first time I talked to her, and it seems like almost every conversation I had with her somehow turned to music. But anyway, when we would talk about music, I remember repeatedly talking to her about how I didn't like a certain album as much because the production was so bad. And she would get mad and say, I should listen to the song and let it speak to me rather than try to analyze everything. What a poet. (laughs) What a poet. She's like, hey man, production's not everything. I lost my place. Uh, Rather than speak to me. Rather than analyze everything. April's going to join me. April's the new co-host. She said that maybe because I was in a band and played guitar that I overanalyzed the technical aspects of music. Such a chord structure, guitar tones, and melody lines rather than the song as a whole or more importantly, what it is about. While we had our differences about what music we liked, we actually had more similarities. Last sentence. We were both really into a lot of the same bands. I would see her at shows a lot around our town, and that is usually where I would talk to her, unless I ran into her at Borders or Starbucks. Ah, Borders. I miss you. Well, that is... I think Jessica went out the window. I'm pretty sure it's just me and April here in the house from now on. Um... (laughs) Well, if I'm still married, 
if we still continue to have a podcast in the future. Next time, we'll be talking about the first chair. So, like, the musician. There's, like, a little doodle of a lady holding a, um, a trumpet. And there's, like, a little musical note sort of, like, artistically drawn in with her with her little abstract arm. And here's the first sentence from the first chair. In life, there are two types of buses that most folks hope they never have to ride. <laughs> oh, no. The second... Ha, ha, ha.